Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam. What it do, Renee? What it do, Miss Tam? It's all good. Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. If we were in Michigan, I don't know. Should we talk about the weekend? Well, actually, we're recording this podcast right after the race. So technically, the weekend is still going on. Right. That is correct. <laughs> so what did you do Friday, Saturday night? Did you hang out? Did you have fun? You was with your boys, Jack, your boys, Vinny. Who did you hang out with? That's exactly what I did. Uh, Friday night, I had the night off and I literally just kicked back and uh sat back and uh went to a, a friend's house and we just sat around just having a couple of drinks and just talking shop and and what i mean by shop is just you know we were just talking comedy business the next day i went to a birthday party saturday believe this or not and all our listeners will probably be shocked by this i didn't go anywhere crazy i didn't go anywhere exciting like not like that i was home Saturday night by 12.30 midnight, 12.30 in the morning, I was home and I was probably in bed by two o'clock. So if you guys can believe that, that is uh, hard to believe, I know, coming from hashtag Where's Renee, but that was the extent of my weekend so far. And today, I got to watch NASCAR, Tam, and I got to watch a little bit of baseball, and uh, here we are talking on the podcast. Did your Astros win? Nah, they've lost four in a row. They got swept by the <laughs> Seattle Mariners. So if there's any Mariners fans there, don't talk to me for at least a week. <laughs> I think they've been losing ever since you went to the game. Did you put the jinx on them? You know what? I Somebody told me that on my DM. Somebody DM me. I'm not kidding you, Tam. Somebody DM me on my Instagram and said, hey, I noticed that every time that you go to an Astros game, whether it's in Houston or out in L.A., they always seem to go on a losing streak. They go, you need to stop going to the games. And I'm like, that's so true. I'm like, maybe I jinxed them. <laughs> Renee, I think you jinxed your team. Maybe so, but oh well. Okay, so that was hashtag where is Renee? Hashtag where is Tam? And this will not be hashtag Tam's rant. Really quickly, I went to the beach as I do. I go to the beach every day, so I can't really say that's like my weekend. But I did go to the beach on Saturday. And well, I actually went to the beach Friday and Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. And then on, was it Friday night? Yeah, Friday night, I went to the movies, which I never do on a Friday night. But I went to go see the Spike Lee joint, Black Klansman. Really good movie. It's timely considering what we are going through as a nation. Yeah. I don't know what side of the fence you're on. Either way, I like the movie. It was critically acclaimed and yeah, it was really good. Um, Denzel's son was in the movie and I love me some John David and actually John David is returning back to HBO tonight in Ballers uh -oh, with there we go. Dwayne The Rock Johnsons, all our wrestling fans. I mean, well, at this point, do we even <laughs> associate The Rock with wrestling? Because he's like this big time worldwide movie star. He's far removed from wrestling, I believe, but uh, he's just like this this acting movie star now. So uh, maybe we should get done with this podcast so uh, you can get to uh, the start of Ballers tonight. <laughs> Since Renee wants to hurry up with the podcast, I guess let's just jump into some 
top 10 from Michigan. Here we go. Top Kevin 10 Harvick won the race. It was an adorable ending to the race because he brought out his son, Keelan Harvick, who so actually awesome. crossed over the track and grabbed the flag. And then he got a chance to ride and do a lap with his dad. I was wondering, well, I wasn't really wondering because I knew I was like, oh, yeah, okay, Kevin Harvick, don't do a burnout with your son in the car without a seatbelt. That kind of I was thinking out. the same thing, Tam. I don't know about any of our listeners or if anybody else watching that, that race was thinking that I was like, is he going to is he going to do a burnout? Yeah, I knew he wasn't going to do a burnout. But what's so interesting is because Keelan was just so like in awe with it all. And we know that that little boy has a lot of personality. I mean, we can never forget the time when. He was out, I guess it was pre-race and Tony Stewart was talking to him and he just decided to jump in the puddle of water on the ground. And when I say jump, I mean, he jumped in it with his feet and then he just laid in the puddle. I will never forget that. I'm surprised nobody showed the video from that. Okay, so we know Harvick won the race. Brad Keselowski was second. Kyle Busch was third. Austin Dillon was fourth, and Austin looked like he was going to come in second place, but uh, on that last lap, it didn't work out that way. Or actually, right. was that the last lap? Uh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Okay. Ryan Blaney, fifth. Not bad for the young driver. Kurt Busch, who was my pick to win the race, was in sixth. Eric Amarola, seventh. Denny Hamlin, eighth. Chase Elliott, who was your pick, and my alternative pick, ninth. And Joy Logano, tenth. Some notables. These notables, let me explain this. First and foremost, Martin Truex Jr. was 14. So that was kind of like, whoa, to see one of the big three out the top 10. But as we know, he has some issues during the race. Now, I want to read 28th through 40th place. I know we focus a lot on the top 10 on this podcast, but I want to talk about those drivers who came in from 28th place are P28 to 40. I know exactly why you're going to read that too. So yeah, go ahead and do that. Hear me out, listeners. 28th place was Jimmy Johnson. 29th, Landon Castle. 30th, Blake Jones. 31st, BJ McLeod. 32nd, Garrett Smitherly. 33rd, Gary Galding. 34th, Trevor Bain. 35th, Ross Chastain. 36th, William Byron, 39th, Jeffrey Earnhardt, and then 40th was Corey LaJoy. Renee, we never read most of those names on this podcast. I don't think I've ever said BJ McLeod, Blake Jones. I don't even know who that is. And again, as you guys know, I don't, we don't really cover, not that we don't keep in on Xfinity series, but we don't cover Xfinity. So I'm assuming some of these drivers, like obviously I know who Ross Chastain is, but it's crazy to me. Jimmy Johnson was back in the pack. I mean, he barely made the cut. I mean, we don't expect to be talking about Jimmy Johnson name right above a BJ McLeod or a Gary Galding in a cup race. Right. And you know what crazy is that he was actually out in front at one point of the race. Exactly. To where I'm sitting there as 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 a Jimmy Johnson fan, I'm sitting there going, oh, well, look who's look who's fighting for the lead. Number 48. I'm like, we got a 48 sighting at the top <laughs> at the top of the, of the race. And I'm sitting there going, how does he finish all the way back there? I was like, I, you know, it's it's mind boggling, but this has to be a season to forget for the number 48. I can't imagine what was going through his head at the end of that race to come in that place. I, I don't know, Tam. It's, it's hard to explain. Now, granted, William Byron is not doing too good himself. He came in 36. 
it's going to be interesting to see who's going to end up with rookie of the year, whether it'll be William Byron or if it'll be Bubba Wallace, because the both of them, not they're not doing much this season. Right. Obviously, Bubba had a little bit more hyped because of the Daytona race, but neither one of those guys are doing that well. Chase Elliott was in ninth. Where did Alex Bowman finish? Like, dude, what happened? Like, you're the real Elvis of NASCAR. And if you guys don't know, that's somewhat of a play on Dill Jr. referencing Chase Elliott as young Elvis. Although right. Chase does not like that name. <laughs> yeah, I saw that interview and he started laughing and he was like, yeah. He goes, I don't know where he got there. Now, what I didn't know was that Chase Elliott had mentioned that he had been over at uh, Dale Jr.'s house before. And he's like, if if anybody's ever stayed over at his place, you wake up in the room that, that he has for guests and it, it's all dedicated to Elvis. I mean, you wake up with this big statue of Elvis just staring down at you. He's like, it's really weird. <laughs> We're of age on this podcast. I'm a Generation Xer. You're a Generation Xer as well. Ironically, when I was younger, I do remember watching all the old Elvis movies. And we've talked about it before on this podcast. I think like Jailhouse Rock and all that stuff. I appreciate a good Elvis movie here and there, but not the Elvis fan. I, but I'm a fan of those kind of movies because ironically, I love Bruce Lee. Now, I don't know how I went from Elvis to Bruce Lee, but I just did. So whatever. There you go. Small hashtag Tam's Rant. Yeah, now. we on Tam's Rant. But I love Bruce Lee and I actually listened to the Bruce Lee podcast that his daughter has and it's weekly and I enjoy it because she talks about the principles of her dad. So if you guys don't know about it, I, I think I mentioned it on the show before. But That's awesome. Go look up the Bruce Lee podcast. You'll feel enlightened. How about that? What else we need to talk about? There's so much going on in NASCAR. I know we'll talk about Ford. Last week, we talked about Brian France. I know there was some small little updates with Jim France taking over. Oh, did you see the article? I think I sent it to you, but there was an article about Daniel Suarez. Yeah, and this I is saw that timely. and I read it. Yeah, it was about his immigration struggles. Well, I guess we shouldn't say struggles, but it was about his what's the word it was about him going through the process of getting his green card but understanding the difficulties of immigrants who are not as fortunate as him and it was really a good article by the way but he was basically saying to him and i can kind of see where he's coming from with this but he was just basically stating how he can understand how people who are not as fortunate as he is and his family is that all the struggles that and headaches that come with trying to get a green card, how people just give up on it because it's just too expensive. And it's number one, it's too expensive. And number two is it's just too much of a headache to be dealing with. And now because of the fact that he is in a situation, obviously, Tam, as me and you obviously know he is because of his financial status, he's able to be okay and go through the process. But he was talking about at one point going through a year of dealing with this whole process. He spent almost a little over $14,000 on just fees and whatever else that he has to do to get through the process of getting a green card. And he's just like literally frustrated for the people who are just not as fortunate as he is, Tam. I just pulled up the article while we were speaking and I'm just going to read some quotes. And $14,000 is a lot. Now think about it. I mean, I know everybody has their own little thoughts about immigration, what have you, but it's a reality. Some people want to move here. This is what's so ironic about things. And especially for those that are just so one-sided about the issue. There are a lot of people, a lot of Americans that move to other countries. 
There's a guy that I follow on Instagram. He pretty much lives in Mexico, which is crazy. He travels a lot. So he's always on the road, but he pretty much lives in Mexico. I know a girl that lives in Switzerland. I mean, hell, Tina Turner just, I think she gave up her U.S. citizenship to go <laughs> and live did. over in Switzerland. And I have a lot of friends that, for those who may want to go there, but I have a lot of friends that are military that when they got out the military, they live overseas. And in fact, I have three friends that I know of personally. He did 20 years in the Air Force. And when he retired from the Air Force, he actually was living overseas. And he's been in Dubai now, shoot, for at least eight years. Wow. And he makes a lot of money. If you know anything about how the taxes work, yeah, he's living very nice overseas. And he has no reason to come back because the money is good and he's happy. Yeah, well, there you go. Going back to the Daniel Suarez thing, I just wanted to pull up a couple of quotes from that article. And yeah, these were quotes from Daniel Suarez. He said, if I didn't have the money, I wouldn't do it. I'd prefer to spend that money on if I had a family, my family or children or whatever. But it's a lot of money. I wish the process was easier and cheaper because not a lot of people can afford that. He also goes on to say, Finally, my attorney and my manager told me, you know what? We have to do this because it's going to be better for you and you won't have to renew this thing again. I think it lasts like 10 years. You're going to be out of trouble and you can come in and out whenever you want and not worry. You will say something that may keep you on one side or the other. I said, okay, let's do it. So we started this process over a year ago. And finally, right now, we are, I feel like, in the last stage of it. Based on what he's saying, he's still dealing with immigration. Yeah, he is. And you know what? I uh, had heard that about how people trying to get into this country, you know, legally and trying to go through the correct process of getting a green card to work and live here in the United States to uh, get a to get a piece of this wonderful American dream that we have. I have heard that there were things that, that were being said that if they had heard some of these immigrants saying bad things about Trump or politics in general here in the United States, that uh, they were going to give them a hard time getting through and actually getting a green card and having that whole process go through. I don't know what uh, how much truth of that there is, Tam, but I think the one thing I can take from this whole situation in that article with Daniel Suarez, Tam, is uh, that I'm very glad that as a young man in his position and his financial position, that he realizes how fortunate he is and how unfortunate people are that don't have the time and the money to sit here and deal with this issue because uh, he's right. It's like, am I going to spend this money on this process of getting a green card or am I going to give this money to my family who needs clothes on their back, food in their mouths and uh, an education? That's such a, a difficult position to be in and, and nobody should go through that, Tam. But nevertheless, you're right and you hit it right on the nail. It's just a part of reality that we live with right now. True indeed. This is random, but related. And speaking of Dubai and immigration and all that stuff, but I don't know if you caught that article, but there was a lady who entered Dubai and she had told immigration she had one drink and they, and, but it was a complimentary drink on the plane and she got detained with her daughter in Dubai airport. I can tell you the first time when I went to Dubai, I remember being so nervous because this was on the heels of this DJ who had been in prison in Dubai. He got detained at the airport 
And I remember hearing all these crazy stories. It's ironic because the American passport used to be really strong. This is just a really quick rant, but it's not as strong as it used to be because of all the going ons and the shenanigans and stuff as of late. And I've been around the world. You guys know I've talked about it on this podcast. Immigration used to be so simple. Now it's crazy. Like, I've been detained in Mexico before. Luckily, everything's been easy for me. But I have been detained in Mexico, and I'm scared shootless. Not S-H-I-T, but shootless when I go through immigration in the Middle East. I've gone through immigration in the Middle East in a couple of cities, and it's pretty interesting. Moving on, because that just got real long. I may have to edit that out the podcast, and I'm (laughs) going to leave this edit in if I don't edit it. I guess nobody will never know if I do edit it. Exactly. Okay, cool. <laughs> what else is going on? Oh, let's talk about Ford. Okay. Ford is having a stellar week. Not only did Ford reveal the new Mustang that they're going to be using for the NASCAR Cup Series in 2019, but they sold their 10 million Mustang. Wow. And to top off a stellar week at home in Michigan, Harvick won. And when I say at home, most of you guys know that Ford is headquartered in Dearborn, Michigan. It was only right that Harvick bring home the win for Ford. And you know what? I'll add on to that, Tam, by saying who was in second. None other than Brad Keselowski. Correct the mundo. <laughs> Staying on the Ford thing, but also just kind of maybe giving a, a little kudos to uh Keslowski and his team. And I listened to a little bit of his um, his post response after the race was done. And he was just basically saying, look, this is not the, the outcome that obviously we, we wanted, but it definitely is an encouragement of how we had been racing up until this part of the season, because for Brad Keslowski to be coming in second, I mean, he, he could have, he probably could have won that race if maybe some things could have happened differently. Harvick was just too darn dominant today. I just couldn't see anybody beating that guy. I was like, oh my God, Harvick's having one of these damn days. But nevertheless, it, it was good to see Keslowski and two Fords coming in first and second. So kudos to uh, Keslowski and his team. Kudos to uh, the Fords uh, for coming in first and second. And uh, it's kind of good to see Ford kind of getting back up in there. And speaking of Ford, we have to give kudos to Tony Stewart, who was actually the guy who drove the Ford out during the big reveal earlier during the week. And guess what he talked about? I don't know if Ford was too happy about it because it took a little shine off of the reveal of the car. But Tony talked about wanting to race in the Indianapolis 500. And Roger Pinsky said that he would be honored to have him race. I will tell you this. If Tony races in the Indy 500, I'm there. I didn't go this year, but I was... I mean, I, I guess I go to the Indy 500 every other year, it seems like. But I'm there if Tony races. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Oh, yeah. and speaking of Tony and Ford, we talked a little bit about Kurt Busch earlier coming in sixth place. Apparently, Kurt is going to leave Stewart House Racing. There was a report on motorsports.com that pretty much said that Bush was expected to leave SHR and that he was going to be replaced or that he was going to replace Jamie McMurray next year. Now, that's going to be interesting because Jamie McMurray, the number one car, Chip Ganaski, the McDonald's car, that's kind of like a staple in NASCAR. 
And then I'm just mad because I thought Kurt Bush was a Stuart House type of guy. But I guess I'm eating my words because yeah, he's going to no leave. Kidding. But but I will say this. Maybe that explains that comment. Remember a couple of weeks ago when him and Kevin Harvick kind of had a little issue on the track. And he was like, ladies and gentlemen, that's a teammate. That's a teammate. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. I'm just going to say one name. I mean, it, you can comment or not. But I'm going to say one name. Carl Edwards. I'll let you guys figure out what I mean by that. But I'm going to say it again so it can marinate. Cousin Carl Edwards. Or wait, actually, last week we called him Uncle Cousin. So Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards. And I'm going to drop the mic on that and we will move on. Okay, Jim France. As we already know, Brian France got busted drinking and driving and drugs was on his person. I don't know. Can you say drugs was on his person? Yeah, that's right. Well, he had drugs in his possession. If you want to be grammar, you know, yep. the grammar police on yep. me. Yeah, so painkillers. His uncle Jim stepped in and he's quietly running NASCAR. And for the most part, it seems like he's quietly been behind the scenes for a long time. For those that don't know, he's been in the family business since 1959. He founded the Grand Am in 1999. He was instrumental in the merger of the American Le Mans series with IMSA. And he just recently was the guy who served as a key figure in NASCAR purchasing ARCA. I don't know. Maybe we're in good hands. Well, so far, so good. No news sometimes is good news. So uh, since uh, Jim has taken over, it seems like everything has settled down very quickly. And uh, hopefully we can keep it this way, Tam, and and hopefully anything else that just kind of comes up through the NASCAR news uh, is uh, nothing but good news. Well, there it is. On that note, I guess we could do one or two things. We can go on to the fan comment of the week, or we can just go straight to some predictions. I'm all about going straight to predictions. <laughs> oh, you don't want to hear from the fans? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, well, let's do it. No, let's just go straight to the predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. We're at Bristol. And by the way, I will be in Bristol, Tennessee. I think I get there Friday morning. I'll be hanging out with Kelly Blue Book and hopefully hanging out with Chase Elliott. And it'll be Bristol, baby. Renee, who do you have? Who do you think is going to win the night race at Bristol? Oh, Bristol, baby. Here we are. I'm going to go with this because I watched a lot of the race today and I liked a lot of what I saw from a couple of drivers. One who I mentioned earlier, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski as my winner in Bristol. I think he's right there. I think he knows he's right there. I think he can taste the sweet sounds of victory. I think he can see himself already in victory lane. I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski winning this race. Now, my alternative pick, believe it or not, and I'm going to stay away from the big three here because it's getting already to crunch time. And I noticed that a lot of these guys are really trying to vie for spots. But don't be surprised if Denny Hamlin comes out of the woodwork and wins that race as well. So I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski as my winner and taking the checkered flag. And I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin, the number 11, as my alternative pick. Those are my picks, Tam. I'm sticking with them. 
Okay, those are Renee's picks, and it's time for the history lesson at Bristol. The past 10 winners, we've been racing at Bristol Motor Speedway since 1961. We race there twice a year. This is our second race of the year at Bristol. Our 2008 winner was Carl Edwards, 2009, Kyle Busch, 2010, Kyle Busch, 2011, Brad Kozlowski, 2012, Denny Hamlin, 2013, Matt Kenseth, 2014, Logano, 2015, Logano, 2016, Harvick, and 2017, Kyle Busch. And I hope I'm correct on that Logano in 14 and 15. And I actually, what I just read was the second race of the year. So not the first race, but the second race of the year at Bristol. And that's usually the August race. Some notables. Kyle Busch is a seven-time winner at Bristol. His brother, Kurt Busch, is a five-time winner at Bristol. And Matt Kenseth, who name we have not called all season except incorrectly when... You know, here's the thing. Sometimes I see the number 20 car and I still think it is... Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth behind the wheel. I know. Very sad, right? And Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Jimmy Johnson, and Kevin Harvick have all won a couple of races at Bristol. So they're all two-time winners. My pick is very simple. I'm still riding with Kurt Busch, especially coming off the heels that he's leaving Stewart House Racing. I think he is primed for a win. He's had a couple of top 10 finishes in the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to go with Kyle Busch as my alternative, but I'm going to pick Kurt Busch as my winner at Bristol. Aha. Wait, actually, I guess I should be going with Chase Elliott, considering that I'm going to be hanging out with Chase and... Ah, that's a good point. Kelly Blue Book, but I want to pick Kurt and Kyle. (laughs) I'm going to pick Kurt as my winner and Kyle and Chase as my alternatives. Aha, she's going to throw the young Elvis in there just as an alternative alternative pick. I got it. Those are Tam's picks. Those are my picks. Hey, guys, please hit us up on our social media and uh, let us know what your picks are or just even just to kind of get in contact with us. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you search for All Turns No Breaks on your Apple podcast, on your Android. Uh, Please subscribe to our podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us. We really do appreciate that. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram across the board. Make sure to follow us at Turns No Breaks. If you want NASCAR news directly in your email box, guys, head over to our website uh, that Tam makes sure that is always up to date, allturnsnobreaks.com, and sign up for our newsletter. For Tam and myself, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to talking NASCAR each and every week, and especially next week. See ya! Bye-bye. Adios. Adios. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 